Chapters fourteen to twenty of Tristram Shandy, Volume four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Geeson. The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, Gentleman. Volume four, last volume, by Lawrence Stern. Chapter fourteen. When all was set to rights, I came downstairs again into the basse-cour with my valet de place, in order to sally out towards the tomb of the two lovers, etc., and was a second time stopped at the gate not by the ass but by the person who struck him and who by that time had taken possession as is not uncommon after a defeat of the very spot of ground where the ass stood it was a commissary sent to me from the post-office with a rescript in his hand for the payment of some six livres odd sous upon what account said i tis upon the part of the king replied the commissary heaving up both his shoulders my good friend quoth i as sure as i am i and you are you and who are you said he don't puzzle me said i chapter fifteen but it is an indubitable verity continued i addressing myself to the commissary changing only the form of my asseveration that i owe the king of france nothing but my good will for he is a very honest man and i wish him all health and pastime in the world pardonnez-moi replied the commissary you are indebted to him six livres four sous for the next post from hence to saint-fond in your route to avignon which being a post royal you pay double for the horses and postilion otherwise twould have amounted to no more than three livres two sous but i don't go by land said i you may if you please replied the commissary your most obedient servant said i making him a low bow the commissary with all the sincerity of grave good breeding made me one as low again i never was more disconcerted with a bow in my life devil take the serious character of these people quoth i aside they understand no more of irony than this the comparison was standing close by with his panniers but something sealed up my lips i 
not pronounce the name sir said i collecting myself it is not my intention to take post but you may said he persisting in his first reply you may take post if you choose and i may take salt to my pickled herring said i if i choose but i do not choose but you must pay for it whether you do or no i for the salt said i i know and for the post too added he defend me cried i i travel by water i am going down the rhone this very afternoon my baggage is in the boat and i have actually paid nine livres for my passage tis all one said he bon dieu what pay for the way i go and for the way i do not go c'est tout égal replied the commissary the devil it is said i but i will go to ten thousand bastilles first oh england england thou land of liberty and climate of good sense thou tenderest of mothers and gentlest of nurses cried i kneeling upon one knee as i was beginning my apostrophe when the director of madame leblanc's conscience coming in at that instant and seeing a person in black with a face as pale as ashes at his devotions looking still paler by the contrast and distress of his drapery asked if i stood in want of the aids of the church i go by water said i and here's another will be for making me pay for going by oil chapter sixteen as i perceived the commissary of the post-office would have his six livres four sous i had nothing else for it but to say some smart thing upon the occasion worth the money and so i set off thus and pray mr commissary by what law of courtesy is a defenceless stranger to be used just the reverse from what you use a frenchman in this matter by no means said he excuse me said i for you have begun sir with first tearing off my breeches and now you want my pocket whereas had you first taken my pocket as you do with your own people and then left me bare-assed after i had been a beast to have complained 
as it is tis contrary to the law of nature tis contrary to reason tis contrary to the gospel but not to this said he putting a printed paper into my hand par le roi tis a pithy prolegomenon quoth i and so read on by all which it appears quoth i having read it over a little too rapidly that if a man sets out in a post-chaise from paris he must go on travelling in one all the days of his life or pay for it excuse me said the commissary the spirit of the ordonnance is this that if you set out with an intention of running post from paris to avignon etc you shall not change that intention or mode of travelling without first satisfying the fermier for two posts further than the place you repent at and tis founded continued he upon this that the revenues are not to fall short through your fickleness oh, by heavens cried i if fickleness is taxable in france we have nothing to do but to make the best peace with you we can and so the peace was made and if it is a bad one as tristram shandy laid the corner-stone of it nobody but tristram shandy ought to be hanged chapter seventeen though i was sensible i had said as many clever things to the commissary as came to six livres four sous yet i was determined to note down the imposition amongst my remarks before i retired from the place so putting my hand into my coat-pocket for my remarks which by the by may be a caution to travellers to take a little more care of their remarks for the future my remarks were stolen never did sorry traveller make such a pother and racket about his remarks as i did about mine upon the occasion heaven earth sea fire cried i calling in everything to my aid but what i should my remarks are stolen what shall i do mr commissary pray did i drop any remarks as i stood besides you you dropped a good many very singular ones replied he Pooh, said i those were but a few not worth above six livres two sous but these are a large parcel he shook his head 
monsieur leblanc madame leblanc did you see any papers of mine you maid of the house run upstairs francois run up after her i must have my remarks they were the best remarks cried i that ever were made the wisest the wittiest what shall i do which way shall i turn myself sancho panza when he lost his ass's furniture did not exclaim more bitterly chapter eighteen when the first transport was over and the registers of the brain were beginning to get a little out of the confusion into which this jumble of cross accidents had cast them it then presently occurred to me that i had left my remarks in the pocket of the chaise and that in selling my shares i had sold my remarks along with it to the shares vampa i leave this void space that the reader may swear into it any oath that he is most accustomed to for my own part if ever i swore a whole oath into a vacancy in my life i think it was into that said i and so my remarks through france which were as full of wit as an egg is full of meat and as well worth four hundred guineas as the said egg is worth a penny have i been selling here to a chaise vampa for four louis d'or and giving him a post-chaise by heaven worth six into the bargain had it been to dodsley or becket or any creditable bookseller who was either leaving off business or wanted a post-chaise or who was beginning it and wanted my remarks and two or three guineas along with them i could have borne it but to a chaise vampire show me to him this moment francois said i the valet de place put on his hat and led the way and i pulled off mine as i passed the commissary and followed him chapter nineteen we arrived at the chaise vampa's house both the house and the shop were shut up it was the eighth of september the nativity of the blessed virgin mary mother of god tantara tantivi the whole world was gone out a maypoling frisking here capering there nobody cared a button for me or my remarks so i sat me down upon a bench by the door philosophating upon my condition 
by a better fate than usually attends me i had not waited half an hour when the mistress came in to take the papilliotes from off her hair before she went to the maypoles the french women by the by love maypoles a la folie that is as much as their matins give em but a maypole whether in may june july or september they never count the times down it goes tis meat drink washing and lodging to em and had we but the policy and please your worships as wood is a little scarce in france to send them but plenty of maypoles the women would set them up and when they had done they would dance round them and the men for company till they were all blind the wife of the chaise vamper stepped in i told you to take the papilliotes from off her hair the toilette stands still for no man so she jerked off her cap to begin with them as she opened the door in doing which one of them fell upon the ground i instantly saw it was my own writing oh seigneur cried i you have got all my remarks upon your head madam oh j'en suis bien mortifié said she tis well thinks i they have stuck there for could they have gone deeper they would have made such confusion in a french woman's noddle she had better have gone with it unfrizzled to the day of eternity tenez said she so without any idea of the nature of my suffering she took them from her curls and put them gravely one by one into my hat one was twisted this way another twisted that ay by my faith and when they are published quoth i they will be worse twisted still chapter twenty and now for lippius's clock said i with the air of a man who had got through all his difficulties nothing can prevent us seeing that and the chinese history etc except the time said francois for tis almost eleven then we must speed the faster said i striding it away to the cathedral i cannot say in my heart that it gave me any concern in being told by one of the minor canons as i was entering the west door that lippius's great clock was all out of joints and had not gone for some years it will give me the more time thought i to peruse the chinese history 
and besides i shall be able to give the world a better account of the clock in its decay than i could have done in its flourishing condition and so away i posted to the college of the jesuits now it is with the project of getting a peep at the history of china in chinese characters as with many others i could mention which strike the fancy only at a distance for as i came nearer and nearer to the point my blood cooled the freak gradually went off till at length i would not have given a cherry-stone to have it gratified the truth was my time was short and my heart was at the tomb of the lovers <sighs> i wish to god said i as i got the wrapper in my hand that the key of the library may be but lost it fell out as well for all the jesuits had got the colic and to that degree as was never known in the memory of the oldest practitioner <laughs> end of chapter twenty recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey